Enlighten Me, the podcast everyone is talking about with your host, Julian, where wisdom, knowledge, and experience meet the public. And we're live. Craig the Bot is recording. Y'all know who it is. It is Julian on Enlighten Me. Before we get started, go ahead and email me at Enlighten Me at Julian at gmail.com, as well as hit me up on Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube, Amazon, 10 other, 10 other platforms. It's growing exponentially. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I greatly uh, appreciate y'all supporting the podcast. Can't talk right now. It's been a crazy long day. But to get back to it, um, if you could just rate the podcast, wherever you want to rate it, share it, subscribe. And I greatly appreciate it. The podcast is growing. It's been going on for about two years now. It really took off last year. Top five, top 10% on Spotify. Got to love it. And those who hate it, you still heard me, still watch me. So with that being said, I got my guest on. Y'all know what the topic is. If you can briefly introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Josh, uh, 34-year-old father of two. Uh, I heard Right. Um, anything else in particular you're interested in knowing? No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I appreciate you. I know you're uh, you're working right now and uh, driving, so I appreciate you hopping on here to talk about what everybody's talking about right now and has been talking about, gun control. So, sure. what do you think? Oh, it's, it's 2A. Everybody calls it 2A. Why do you think people are trying to ban weapons, period? What, what would that do? What do you think that would do for us if we ban all weapons. I mean, it's a speculative conversation. You know, if uh, guns disappear tomorrow, you know, I guess it would do a lot for us, but uh, you know, not exactly going to evaporate as walls. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough topic to, to wrap your head around. You know, I mean, there's countries that are founded on, you know, not having firearms. So it's not that it's an unplausible, you know, scenario, but uh, on a whole, Kind of pass the point of redemption, I figure. Yeah, I think uh, I'm turning your volume up too. I think uh, somebody was saying that the gun gun control is based upon muskets and things in that nature. What do you think about that? I know it's not so the government can't intrude or overthrow or actually take so over there's, society. Itself. There's a lot of you know if we're, if we're microscoping that particular topic, there's. A lot of different ways to view this, you know. I mean, our our country was founded on, you know, avoiding uh, tyranny, you know, and that law, you know, when it was put into place, was put into place to protect uh, the United States citizens, not uh, give you the ability to protect you from your neighbor, you know. So, you know, debatably, yes, you know, it, it was, you know, started around things like muskets, but, uh, you know, as time moves on, uh, you know, Trying to have this belief system that you know we're only supposed to have muskets puts us at a you know colossal disadvantage uh, you know against things like the government per se you know and it's not to say that we're going to take up arms and go run and fight the government but it's uh, kind of a system of checks and balances you know it allows the, the government to, a, a good government should always fear its people you know a government that doesn't fear its people is going to take advantage. Of you know, so at the end of the day, that's that's really the grassroots of the Second Amendment is protecting us from our government, not our name. Uh, 
as, as for the muskets thing, sure. You know, yeah, at that time, you know, the, the peak of existence was muskets. You know, so, I mean, had, had that scenario been today, you know, the, the peak of our existence, you know, in reality is pretty much like an AR. Along those lines, um, that's, that's kind of our peak. So, I mean, obviously, there's, uh, there's things that go above and beyond that that fall out of that category a bit. Uh, I would say I have to. Yeah. Mental health is one thing. I if, I don't know how they're going to. I haven't found anything either or heard anything that trying to mentally eval a person who should and should not be able to obtain a weapon. I, I think sometimes, from what I'm understanding, is people usually. Uh, I can't say that. People go crazy after the fact they have a weapon or they obtain it through their parents or loved ones or they're skipping. Sure, to them sure. Crazy. I mean. At the end of the day, uh, the methods of obtaining a firearm is kind of irrelevant, you know? I mean, the sure, you know, you could go through purchasing a firearm legally, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't rob one from your neighbor or buy one off the streets or even make one in your own home at this point. So, you know, arguably, uh, you know, life finds a way. You know, if, if somebody is, uh, you know, that dead set on doing wrong, you know, just because of, you know, the way that we have our checks and balances set to buy a legal firearm doesn't necessarily prevent uh, any of that from happening. You know, they can just as easily find other avenues. Um, as for our current, you know, system, you know, we, we do have quite a bit of uh, checks and balances for, you know, preventing people that have uh, mental illnesses and things like that. Um you know, for purchasing a firearm. The difficulty in, in this particular scenario was uh, the, the situation at hand, the mental health situation at hand wasn't reported uh, as it should have been. Hypothetically speaking, if it was reported, that would have popped up on a background check that would have prevented the purchase of a firearm, and then that would have alerted things like the local police department to go in and make sure that this person does not have firearms. Um, you know, they would have had their, their system of handling that had it been reported. I think the, the huge failure in this particular subject was the lack of reporting. Uh, you know, because, you know, we, we do go through pretty, you know, legitimate and scrutinous background check when it comes to uh, acquiring firearms legally. Well, they said it was uh, it's easier to get a firearm than a license, supposedly. Driver's license. Uh, I don't know that I would say all that. It, easier <laughs> in the sense that you don't have to study for getting a, a firearm. You know, yeah. you don't have to go, uh, you know, learn how to drive a car in order to get a firearm. So sure, you know, I mean, but in the in the bigger picture of things, they're not background checking you anywhere near the degree to get a license if they are a firearm. So you know, granted, you have a clean history. You know, you don't have anything that's uh, you know felony related or aggravated or any things with firearms stuff like that. There's nothing that's being flagged. Uh, sure, you know, you go in and lock the form four, and you know, usually wait. It depends on you know uh, the speed at which it comes back. Kind of depends on uh, how many they have coming in. You know, there's only a select amount of people that are evaluating those. But you know, I've I've had a gun in the matter an hour uh, versus sometimes I've waited three days, you know, so it really just kind of depends on how many people are trying to purchase, you know, at that period of time. But, you know, a lot of it also boils down to past history. You know, have you purchased 
10 firearms in the last 10 years, you know, so the, the uh, system recognizes that you've been through this before. So it's easier, you know, for them to comb through your stuff because it pulls up the system a lot easier. Or are you a first time buyer? You know, they have to fish around for, for more information. And sometimes it really doesn't matter. I've, I've bought countless over the years and, you know, sometimes I've been in there and out an hour and other times I'm still waiting three days. Oh, and I've got concealed carry permits. I've, you know, been through the ringer with this stuff. It's not my first rodeo by a long shot, but uh, doesn't change, you know, the overall system. Yeah, because I, I know back to you saying uh, if we started banning a lot of weapons and assault rifles, because I'll get back to a, a sub comment on assault rifles. Uh, I think forty thousand people died, something like that, in that nature. And there's over, been over 100, over, I think it's 123 mass shootings. And uh, the news sways mass shooting. Like, I think if it says like three people are shot, it's a mass shooting. I don't know. They, they feed off that shit. But beside the point, fentanyl actually kills almost twice as much. And that's a drug problem that's illegal. So I, I, I think banning weapons, and you know, I'm, I'm pro for weapons. Everybody wants to know my intake on things now. I'm for weapons. And I think banning them bad guys would still get them the only way to stop a bad guy is a good guy with a gun and i i i believe that because you know people find a way they're going to find a way no matter what if you go if you want something you're going to find Ooh. a way and the, i know yeah, assault absolutely. rifles people are against banning people want to ban assault rifles they they believe that you shouldn't have an assault rifle yeah. what is uh, what is what is your what is your definition of assault rifle no i know i know i know you know see that's that's the that's the topic of conversation you know because you know that's a that's a very broad blanket term for something that that deems scary to the general populace to get you on board with something. And in a nutshell, you know, over the years of, of my ownership, I've had you know ranch rifles, wooden wooden handled ranch rifles that are as capable or more capable than some of my ARs. You know, I mean, it doesn't. The look is what they're trying to. That's the narrative that we're riding on. It's a black, tactical-looking firearm, and that's what's scary. That's what our, our push is and all this. But it has nothing to do with the overall capability, you know, of what certain things can accomplish. Um, we're just, you know, uh, something like the ARs, that we're just we're gunning for the ARs. Like, that's the problem. But I can, you know, there's countless other firearms that I can push out there that are just as capable or more capable with bigger ammunition that do the same thing, you know, that don't look scary, you know, that look like something that you should be able to sporting right. You know, so it's, it's the, the, the term assault rifle is just, it's a, it's a narrative, you know, it's a push to get you on board with something. And, you know, if we, we ban the AR today, guess what? We just have a different, you know, version of something similar tomorrow. And then what are we going to do? We're going to ban that one tomorrow. And then it might be a different one that comes off the woodwork tomorrow. And then it'll be banned in that one. It's, there's always going to be something else. It's kind of the same way that, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, when we were kids, the crap that was going around, that's the spice epidemic where everybody was smoking that spice crap, you know, that's the same oh, yeah. thing that they were going through. You know, they're, they're one derivative away from the next chemical. So the moment that one thing gets banned, they take one chemical away and then they re-push the same product back out. You know, it's, do, it's accomplishing the exact same thing. It's just one chemical away. So it's all into that, you know, classification of illegality. 
I think the next step would be bombs. I think people will start making bombs. Like it's like I can't get my hand on a gun, so I'm gonna blow this building up. Yeah, I mean, if somebody has bad intentions, uh, you know, in all honesty, I would pick up them a firearm in their hand before I would pick a a bomb in their hand. You know, I mean, the the ease of something like a bomb. You know, like if you're fishing for the information hard enough, you can find that you know, things like that in order to make things like that. And that's going to be significantly more detrimental. It doesn't require skill. It doesn't require you to even be there. You know, I mean, you could you could be setting these things off in places like schools without even being around, you know, and there's going to be, there's going to be significant casualties. I'd rather bank on you being a poor shot or not knowing how to operate the firearm in the hopes that you screw up versus, you know, the, the chance of you putting a bomb somewhere you know, and blowing something up in that same fashion, you know, and if people have bad intentions, they're going to find a way, you know, things like, you know, a a marathon, for example, you know, if somebody can't get their hands on a gun or a bomb, they just drive a car. Yeah. They, yeah, that they come up. Yeah. You know, yeah. anybody, Anybody can use a weapon for anything. Exactly. I mean, every, everything is dangerous in the wrong hands, you know, but, uh, you know, taking away one thing just opens doors for something else, you know, and, and we're, we're too far down the rabbit hole at this point to try to backtrack, you know, like, you know, there's something like, uh, it says like 40 million firearms or something in the United States, and for every one of those firearms, most of those people have, you know, six to seven mags per, you know, each one of those firearms, and then figure... Yeah. You said 400 million? Yeah, it's something crazy like yeah, that. No, yeah, no, you're, yeah, no, that's right. That's right. It's like 120 out of the 100, I have 100 residents, it's like 120. And then Yemen's yeah, it's, next. It's, a, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolutely ridiculous number. And that's and that's given that, you know, tomorrow, if if let's just say tomorrow we banned all the firearms, that's, you know, we're, we're banking on it. Everybody's going to turn those in. You know what I mean? Do you think that? half of the country is not going to be trying to start a revolution no. and the other half of the country is just going to turn their stuff in. And then the other half of the country is selling them illegally. Like it's just going to turn into complete and total chaos. Like there's not, we're past that, that point of redemption, you know, like we have to attack the situation that we have in front of us, you know, for the betterment of the country, like, you know, trying to take something away is not going to fix anything. You know, we're at the point of 3D printing firearms. You know, I mean, you take take an arrow away right now, and you know, if you're any bit of uh, technologically capable, you know, you can go in and 3D print firearms. You know, and, and in, here in my state, it's completely legal to do that. I'm just not allowed to sell them. You know, you don't have to have VIN numbers on them as long as they're yours and nobody else's. You don't, you know, you're not trying to, to give them away or sell them to anybody else. It doesn't have to have a VIN number on it. Like. It's 100% legal. So, and it's not it's not a far-fetched thing. I mean, you know, shy of having a barrel and a bow carrier, you can make a firearm, you know? I mean, yeah, it's not a, it's not yeah. a plug-and-play, obviously. You know, you can't just go in here and push a button, but... No, and, and I mean, most people, number one reason people bought weapons, number one reason people brought weapons was 60% was personal protection, and then there was 40% for hunting. So, I mean... I, I get it. Nobody has a clear intent. And again, somebody sent me this and they, they didn't want me to use it for the podcast. Where's it at? It said, Cain killed Abel with a rock. It's not a gun problem. It's a heart problem. So the wrong people with the wrong thing. Somebody's going to message me about this. Uh, they're going to do what they want to do any, anyway. So, I, I mean, 
That's Jeremiah seventeen nine for y'all. But uh, ex exactly, and then and this is a huge talk because everywhere I, I found and all the research and things I've been hearing and experience, America is torn right down the middle with this. And this is the third leading worry. I mean, number one was affordable health care, and then the federal budget was number two. But guns and immigration were next. Yeah, you understand the whole you know you can't beat them, join them thing. You know we're kind of past the beating them point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they're because of the amount of firearms in circulation and the belief system of the uh, you know, vast majority of the country, things like that, we're past the beating stage. You know, you're not we're not just gonna be able to take this away, you know, and in a perfect world, you know, great. You know, there's no firearms, there's no knives, there's no bomb making chemicals, there's no cars to run into people. Let's just walk around barefoot and watch people beat each other to death. You know, I mean People are going to do what people are going to do, you know, and it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, I, my heart goes out to these people. I mean, it's it's terrible, you know, scenario. But you know, we're we're sitting here microscoping such a small fraction. You know, it's, it's like eighty percent, seventy-five, eighty percent of gun violence in the United States is pistols. You know, I mean, pistol, pistol caliber weapons. You know, nine millimeters, forty-five, things like that. Like, you know, we're we're talking about such a small fraction of it. And, it and it's horrifying when this stuff hits the news i mean you know we speculate it so hard in the news and you know create this this topic you know to such a degree that uh, it kind of shadows the reality of things you know you start to get away from the statistics and stop you know realizing that there's more to this than, than what your intake it's a big portion of why i stopped you know really watching the news like it's they just force feed you what they want you to hear, you know. Well, really what, about, what about other countries that have don't have as many weapons as we do, and they don't have as many killings and things of that nature? So that's the catalyst of that. How do you how do you compare that? I would say that uh, it has to do a lot with the uh, overall health of the nation. You know, I mean, take guns out of the aspect of things. The killing portion of things says a lot about the mental health of a nation the happiness of its people you know um food is a big part of that oh, food food will fuck yeah you. yeah food, oh gosh damn health care food health care debt um you know all of the above you know your your overall quality of life you know so i mean it, it says a lot you know everybody every country has the main kind of way of, of mitigating those situations and sure you know in a country that you know has minimal firearms or you know has banned firearms altogether there's not a lot in circulation sure there's going to be less you know gun violence i'm not not saying that that's not the case but you know you know let's just say that the narrative was that, that our a whole objective for the entirety everybody was on board tomorrow with removing of firearms what do you figure it's going to take you know 100 200 years to completely wipe all the firearms off you know, I mean, you, you, it's not going to be a, a, a switch of a, you know, a light switch here tomorrow and everything's just going to get better. You know, I mean, you're going to remove firearms from law-abiding hands, criminals are going to run rampant, and you're going to have 100 to 200 years of, of effed up stuff until we get to the point of being able to, you know, get our hands on all of them. You know, and that's to say that 3D printing doesn't take off to another level and then they just start doing it that way. And then, you know, we've just oh, yeah. put ourselves in the advantage. What what I what happened what I what intrigued me was December seventh, nineteen forty one. Those who know us, Pearl Harbor. 
Uh, that's one reason Japan didn't invade the mainland. They feared that every home, every American home, had a weapon in it, and those Americans knew how to use it. So that's that's one huge thing. And I'm not saying at, at this day and age we'll probably just nuke each other or hack each other, but that that's huge. I, I don't think yeah. any country will mess with America. I don't know. China, maybe. No, I mean not not on a not on a traditional. Stand, nah. you know. I mean, I, I feel like if it comes down to you know push coming to shove, I mean, we're kind of you know, we owe trillions of dollars to China. We're you know kind of pissing on Russia's doorstep by aiding you know Ukraine. Like if push really came to shove and we were going to wind up going to war, it's not going to be them invading us. It's going to be you know almost kind of psychological warfare. We're this country, you know, is kind of on the fringes. You know, uh, you take away. Uh, trucks, you know, getting toilet paper to stores, and within three days, people are stabbing each other over toilet paper. You know, I mean, it's it's we're we're so close to collapse, we just don't realize it. You know, something that minuscule. You know, if you shut the power off and there was no stores to go to to get your food and water, within three days, the vast majority of this country would be in shambles because they wouldn't know what to do. You know, they Man. don't know how to look at Black know, Friday. Deal with Look at Black Friday. Yeah. People are the people will die on Black Friday by getting stomped, stampeded, stomped. Just yeah, yeah, with the Timberlands. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, yo, I told this dude, I was like, imagine food, a food scarcity. What's gonna happen? Yeah, you're telling. Oh, me? people be people. The moment that your child, your little two year old baby, is starving over here, and you got no food in your house, and there's no store to go to. You're gonna be kicking in your neighbor's door, shooting. I'm going straight to Karen's house. That's exactly. It's what's gonna happen. And don't tell yourself for a second that that's not how it would be. You know. And and I, I'm I'm a, I'm not that type of person, and I I'd like to think the vast majority of the country isn't. But you know, when things really hit the fan, if, if push really came to shove, you can't tell me that you're gonna let your child starve when there's houses around you that you can go get some, you know, the no, guy this, next door here has been stocking up food. Like, you, sh- you should think like that because I did a little, uh, a little like, little poll on my Facebook. It was either take $1 billion and with that $1 billion, you kill randomly 10,000 people or you just don't take the money. Everyone, ah, I won't say everyone. All right, I'll say about 60% chose to kill 10,000 people off. And take that one billion dollars. Yeah. So you see where? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I would. Crazy man. I, I wouldn't, but a lot of people would, and it was crazy. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that that people you know think about you know that they would do that you know based off of society kind of keeping your morals and standards of living you know where it's at. Uh, they don't talk about, you know, but in the deep, dark, you know, roots of your mind, if push came to shove, you can't oh. tell me that there's very, there's very few people out here that wouldn't do some screwed up stuff, you know, in order to accomplish their well-being. You know? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's natural. Yeah. And it's just it's it's scary to think, you know, you're we're, we're literally, you know, uh, a store, a grocery store within three days of a truck not showing up, it's going to be in. You know, so you're literally talking about three days before people start getting a little bit antsy, you know. And, like you said, toilet uh, paper. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if, if we wind up at a, at a point where something like Russia or China decides, hey, you know, we're 
we're ready to do something about the U.S. We're tired of the bullshit. You know, it's going to be a, a psychological game. You know, it doesn't take much to destabilize the economy. They don't need you. Yeah, sorry to say you, know, you, you come over here and you screw up our power. You screw up, uh, you know, our economy. You know, I mean, look at look at what COVID by itself did. You know, I mean, COVID alone, something so, you know, minuscule on the grand scheme of things completely destabilized our economy in a little bit of time. You know, and it didn't require any invasion, didn't require shots being fired, nothing. You know, I mean, that's, that is how close to collapse something like this is, you know. And I tell people all the time, you know, stock, stock food, you know, like the, the government says that you're supposed to be able to provide for yourself for up to three months. The government is not required to look after you for up to three months. You know, what, what you have in your house right now, can you survive for three months? You know, if the power and water and everything was cut off, you know, food and the water that you got in that house, are you surviving three months? You know, and the moment that somebody can't survive three months, where are you going? You know, next door care. You know, like you're going to be pushing for her water and food. Yeah, it's crazy because in 2021, like when did COVID, COVID hit 2020? 2020, 2020, yeah. 2020 then got really bad in co- uh, 20, COVID. Got really bad in 2021. That's when the most suicides were, of course. Supposedly, I don't know why, because the cat, my old podcast, less suicides because people were actually calling in because they couldn't go anywhere else. But uh, more guns were bought. A lot more mm-hmm. guns were bought in 2021 because people were like, "I need to survive. I can't go anywhere where somebody robs me and takes what I what I really don't already have." Yeah, yeah, and that's what it boils down to. You know, you're. <laughs> We're, we're kind of creatures of comfort, man. You know, like we've we've grown in this belief system that, you know, because what we're exposed to is so normal and so accepting. If you're not in a bad part of town, you're not fearing for your well-being. You don't have a need for a gun. You don't think about that kind of stuff. But the moment that you try to go to your local Wegmans and try to pick up your groceries and you realize these two people are pulling guns on one another to try to get something, you realize, damn. You know, I probably should have something here, you know, and uh, it says a lot about, you know, the nation as a whole, because the people that are, are you know, gun advocates that, that have been like this for as long as you can remember, we already have firearms. We, we don't, you know, we're not rushing out by 2020 to go buy firearms now when the price of firearms is through the roof because everybody and their brother's buying them. You know, the people scared. that are going up. Yeah, the people that are going out and buying those firearms, I would guarantee that probably half of those people are the ones that are saying, we don't need firearms, ban the firearm, you know, but then when push comes to shove, it's like, all of a sudden, all these people are coming out the woodwork, happen to buy their first firearm, you know, all these people that, you know, didn't want firearms, didn't have firearms, whatever the case may be, all of a sudden, you saw a need. You know, the people that the people like me that are, are two way advocates, I'm not buying a firearm in, in 2020. You know, the, the cost of firearms doubled. You know, there's a point where you were getting, a, you know, a generic uh, pistol for like 250 bucks pre uh, COVID, you know, and then COVID hits and you're looking at five, six hundred dollars for that same. Pistol. Yeah, same same you know, ammunition. All that stuff that was bought during COVID is all people that didn't have firearms. Well, you know, what, maybe, I think the main thing right. is mental health and assault rifles. I think a lot of people want these assault rifles down because you can mow people down with these AMSR rifles. Like the 2017, Las Vegas in 2017, he would have killed like 50 people and wounded over 500. And then, yeah, 
that's it's just assault rifles. People are always wondering why do you need so, something that so, shoots that fast? Granted, your your hand, your pistol can shoot. This won't carry as much ammo, but yeah, I mean that's that's, our, that's 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 debatable. That's debatable. You can get a thirty round magazine for a Glock. Yeah, hold just as true. much ammo. Shoot, you shoot just as fast. Hold just as much ammo, and it's concealable. I put it in my pants. You won't even know I have it until I'm right up in your face. Yeah. You know, so what is what is what is the the reason? Hell, uh, an AR is harder to conceal. At least I see you coming. You know, and I could swap out a mag on a you know a thirty round mag on a pistol just as quick as I could out of an AR. You know, it doesn't. It shoots just as fast. Like there's no, you know, the only potential arguable curve to that is that you might have better accuracy, you know, out of a rifle versus a pistol. That's it. You know, maybe maybe you can debate a bit of ballistics. You know, you have a, a you know, a more devastating round out of, you know, something like a rifle cartridge versus pistol cartridge. But nobody's out here wearing body, body armor. So whether it's a nine millimeter or a five, five, six, it doesn't matter what you're getting hit with. You're still going down. Well, and it's still going to be just devastating. So what's crazy was uh, I can't remember where this, the shooting. The dude ran into the grocery store. She shot all the black people. There was a guy with a security guard. He shot him, and the, and the gentleman had, oh, I say gentleman, the peasant, he had body armor on. And mm-hmm. that was with a pistol. So I think if you're going to fight somebody with an AR, you're going to need an AR. I'm just, that's most, most like, if you get a headshot, then, but not every civilian is going to be able to get a headshot on a dude that's carrying an AR. Most, most people are going to run. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, dude, a bullet's a bullet, you know, I mean, I, I can still carry, I carry my firearm with me about everywhere I go, uh, you know, if you run something in a grocery store with an AR, I don't care if I've got an AR or my pistol, if I put a bullet on you, you know what I mean, you're, you're going down, and body armor is great, but body armor is only covering your vital organs, and the only good yeah, thing about body armor, I don't know where he shot him at, I gotta figure out where he shot him at, yeah, the only good thing out of body armor is making sure that you can get to a hospital, you know, uh, our military wears body armor, because if you get hit in any one of those organs, you're going to die before you make it to a hospital. So, you know, that's the reason, that's the reason for body armor. It's not, uh, you know, just because you have body armor, you're invincible. You know, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't change the scenario. And I'm pretty competent, you know, with the firearms. And, you know, so that being said, like, whether you have, you know, roll up in there, whether, you know, uh, body armor and a, uh, you know, AR versus being a pistol doesn't really make a difference. You know, I've got my pistol concealed. You're probably not even going to know I have it. You're going to come in there doing your thing, not paying no attention to me. And I'm going to roll up on you before you even know it and put one in you, you know. And that's a, it's a surprise, you know, kind of tactic in that nature. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's our body armor thing is debatable, you know. But, I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to ban body armor now? You know, I mean, we, we can ban AR tomorrow and... I don't even know what's going on. They do ever since they started doing those, uh, which is which is it's weird. I don't even know how to say good. Those uh, active shooters in elementary schools. I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where we're going. I I think the mental health aspect is trying to determine who can purchase something. But now it's like, what happens to that person after the purchase? They were saying beforehand. Now, what about after? And there's so there's, too, there's so many yeah. people in America. There's always gonna be a slip of like DUIs. Yeah, you mean that was a person drives like drunk like 43 times or something like that before they get caught or 50 times. So I mean, yeah, what are we doing? I mean, think, about, think, think about it though, man. I mean, when you got your license, you were sober and you know good when you got your license, but then you chose to drive drunk later. 
You know, I mean, that didn't stop you from getting your license. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's the same same debate. You know, I mean, it's not what they do after the fact is not something that's controllable. You know, even if we change the the methodology of how we're going to acquire firearms, there was scrutinous, crazy background checks, three day waiting periods, this, that, and the third, and it took them a month to get a firearm. They could still choose a month later, you know, to do something you know just as crazy afterwards. You know, like it just because you know their choices after the fact, uh, you know, happened doesn't change, you know, the, the way they acquired that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is a, this is a topic everybody wants to hear right now. Of course, especially for uh, God rest their souls, the Nashville uh, shooting. Uh, school shooting it, it, it it's gonna i don't know I, I i honestly don't know where this is gonna go because the government does what they want to do but i don't i don't know where this will go i think yes trying to evaluate a person before they purchase a weapon is going to be challenging i'm sure there's a way though it's going to be very I mean, challenging. that's our, that's that's already what we're going through you know i mean that's already that when you fill out a form four that's exactly what they're doing they're they're background checking you to the nines. It's going down to the FBI and they're the ATF and the FBI and they're running all this stuff through to make sure that you know you are cleared. But it, it becomes a reporting problem. You know this this particular instance. You know this uh, girl, I guess you could say, um, this girl, uh, you know, had been evaluated and deemed suicidal. You know, from a psychiatrist, like it was already in play. It was a failure to report. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't the acquisition of the firearm that was the problem. They went through their proper checks and did everything they were supposed to do. You know, it was it was the failure for, you know, the the, the psychologist, you know, evaluation there to go and, and say something, you know, to the proper authorities or to uh, report, you know, that incident. Um, you know, so I, we could have as many checks as we want you know, to, to dig into your background and try to prevent that stuff. But if it's not reported, it doesn't change. They're still not going to see that, you know, when they run your background. So, and what I understand, two of the three that she was obtained, the third one uh, was unknown, you know. So, I mean, even, even then, you know, I mean, who's to say you don't steal it from, you know, your next-door neighbor, your parent, somebody that you know that has one, you know, yeah. whatever the case I mean, there's, there's still plenty of other avenues, you know, to acquire that that scenario. Uh, well, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think what we do on a whole already, uh, you know, is more than competent. Uh, I think that it just it boils down to those checks and balances. You know, it boils down to you know if this person had went through, you know, uh, some form of psych evaluation and was deemed. You know this you know type of person then you know that kind of stuff needs to be reported you know that kind of stuff needs to be you know uh publicized with authorities and stuff like that this kind of stuff yeah. I, I would have to say i don't i don't think assault charges it's only if you have a felony you can't own a firearm that's correct right uh felony you can't own a firearm with any felony uh um, most uh, aggravated crimes, you can't own a firearm for any aggravated okay. crimes, uh, domestic abuse, uh, yeah. any yeah. anything with the uh, obtaining of a firearm. So, like, if you got caught with a firearm and drugs, stuff like that, you know, I mean, that's an automatic felony, anyways. But 
anything that, that has a firearm in the uh, commission of the crime would uh, prevent you from, you know, owning a firearm. Uh, and there's ways to get your rights back, you know, later on down the line, you know, you go through a whole bunch of crazy, uh, you know, hoops and everything to try to get your firearms back, but you can uh, get that kind of stuff expunged, you know, later down the line, and just depending on what the, the levity, you know, of the situation was, but, um, you know, those those are the things currently that, you know, will prevent you right off rip. You'll see that stuff right away, and you won't be getting it. That's crazy. This is, and what's crazy is, even though there are some, going to be bigger limitations on the spectrum, that uh, they need to construct something because it says almost nearly one American will know somebody that died of gun violence. Crazy. Yep. Yep. Now, now, microscope with that. Microscope. Microscope. What that gun violence is, though. You know, is that is that that particular statistic? You know, do those people know people that died from mass shooter events, or is that the gang violence down the road where two homies are shooting pistols at one another? You know, because I would argue to say that probably the majority of those people that have somebody that died due to gun violence was either, you know, something criminal gang related, something along those lines, you know, or maybe domestic, for example, uh, things like that. I, I would argue to say that that statistic would probably be you know, swayed uh, if the, the topic of conversation was, you know, mass shooting, you know, scenarios schools and stuff like that the things that going on yeah i mean i mean for women it's five times more likely they'll be killed with a gun than uh any other country 21 more times than most countries at that so i i think well i mean what, how many people die every 43,000 i think i don't know i think you said you argue that i believe that 43,000. How many people are in the U.S.? I don't know that. All right. All right. I, I can give or take some. I, that, that's a whole different topic, but I can, I can give or take some. I feel like, I feel like women, uh, you know, being at a disadvantage in this regard is all the more reason why they should be arming themselves. You know, I mean, if, if this is, you know, if statistically speaking, you know, you're at a disadvantage, you know, because of whatever goes on in this country, then why wouldn't you protect yourself? You know, why wouldn't you? I mean, obviously, you don't have control of those statistics. And if you're, you know, obviously aware that that is the statistic, then why are you not going out and trying to prevent that? You know? No, yeah, no, I agree. Because the girl, I, the girl I talked to, I told her, at least she don't have pepper spray, a knife, yeah, a knife, yeah, but a gun. And I, it's sad that I have to say it at this point that you need a gun. I, I get it. That's crazy. It's wild when you think about it, like, 12 years ago, you probably wouldn't believe Michael Jackson was dead. But at this point, yeah, you, you, you got to have something because the world's wild and crazy. It's only getting crazier. Damn COVID. Yeah, pepper, pepper spray and knife ain't doing it. You know, I mean, those are, those are you know, get off of me scenarios with the hopes that you're going to be able to run away. But it's, it's you're, you're banking on the smallest opportunity. You know, yeah. sure. You know, there's a there's a potential that you could maze somebody in the face and be able to run away. What happens if you trip? You know, what happens if your leg had already been hurt in the scenario and you can't get away? Now you've just pissed the guy off. You know, I mean, that mace might last a, a couple of minutes. What if it's a guy that's on drugs and that mace ain't effective? Yeah, you know? shooting I mean, them don't work YouTube. sometimes. Exactly. So that that mace has become you know completely into the world. Same thing with uh, tasers. You know, yeah, they hurt. You know, and if you buy a real expensive one, you might knock the dude down. 
But the second you stop that, it's going to take him a couple of seconds. He's going to get up and he's going to run you down. What if you had a gun? You know? Crazy. You know, a knife, knife just the same. You know, it's, it's great that you have a knife, but, you know, you better be competent in using it. You know, I mean, if, if uh, the person that you're going up against is uh, stronger than you, bigger than you, or, uh, you know, any level of competence, you know, dealing with that type of scenario, you know, again, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You know, why would why would you allow you know, allow yourself to place yourself at a disadvantage willingly, you know, when you know that there's the possibilities of encountering those types of problems, you know, and uh, I think having, having kids, having life that, that relies on you and your protection will change that, you know, that's a, that's, that's a, a lot of people's push factor to kind of get them to realize that, you know, like my, my kids are dependent on me, you know, they can't protect themselves. You know, they are they are dependent on me to be able to protect them, you know, and what what kind of person would I be to go to, you know, your local grocery store as somebody rolls up in there shooting a gun at everybody to sit there and, you know, watch him basically shoot my kids with me not being able to do anything about it. You know, what what kind of man does that make me to not, you know, be able to protect my family? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the it's the harsh reality of the world we live in. It is, and that's why I said earlier, I read a long time ago, I think I was 16, the only way to stop a bad man with a gun is, is a good guy with a gun. But before we uh, start to close this out, we'll, and this is another podcast, i got a police officer coming on, mass shootings. What, what do you think we can do? I know we have a lot of vets that are looking for work, and we'll sit, sit in front of these schools to try to change these mass shootings. I couldn't find the word. I forgot the word. What do you think? What do I think? Uh, you know, we, we can, can do stop this kind of stuff. Yeah, deterrence. I don't really have any besides a cop being there, but I mean, stop, stop, uh, cre- stop creating gun-free zones and start, you know, hardening soft targets. You know, I mean, the, this particular instance in Nashville, uh, this girl changed. She was originally aimed for that church, and she changed her mind on the church due to security. You know, the security of the church was harder to penetrate than the, the school security was, you know, which says a lot about, you know, our choices in this you know, country on what we're protecting and what we're not protecting. But, you know, she chose to go for the softer, easier of targets. You know, you put a big sign out in front of the school that says gun free zone and maybe have one school resource officer in there with a pistol. And that's supposed to be a deterrent. You know, I mean, you're in this particular instance, the school didn't even have a resource officer because it was a private school. So there wasn't even anybody there. You know, uh, the, the way to rectify this, in my personal opinion, is get rid of gun-free zones and start hardening your targets. You know, you've got places like schools, you know, the obvious has been happening since, you know, I was a kid, man. You know, I mean, this isn't something that, that just started yesterday. You know, I mean, you're talking about, you know, we, we see these events happen. We talk about them in the news. And then the only answer to this is get rid of guns. We don't do anything about the, the problem that's right in front of us. You know, we're not we're putting seventy five billion dollars in a place like Ukraine and a, a war that's got nothing to do with us. But we're not putting seventy five billion dollars in protecting our school, protecting our children. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not not doing anything to address what's in front of us. You know, well, you think uh, arming teachers is really ludicrous because a lot of people say it's ludicrous because it's like you're bringing more guns around. But uh, again, the only way to counteract a gun is usually to have a gun. But do you think that's more ludicrous? Teachers may start acting crazy. <laughs> I mean, fourth grade teacher. Hey, look, if you if we trust them, to be, if we trust them to be. In-
in our school and taking care of our children. You know, if if they were going to act ludicrous, do you think whether or not they were given a gun in the school or their abilities to go get a gun on their own would have stopped them doing that? You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's it's in my personal opinion, I think it's intelligent. You know, I think you you offer up, you know, something like take schools, for example, you know, you offer up uh, an opportunity to pay for gun classes, teach them how to operate the firearm, how to be competent with the firearm, maybe do, you know, every couple of months training, you know, type them, keep them good with it, and then uh, give them concealed carries, maybe put them in a, a, you know, a biometric, you know, thumbprint lockbox or something in your, your classroom for when you're there, something like that. You know, we, we have to create uh, deterrent. You know, even, even if you put a sign outside that said half of your staff was armed and none of them were even armed, it's more of a deterrent than putting the gun-free zone sign out there. You know, I mean, it's, we have to be, you know, handling what's in front of us, you know, and it, and it sucks that that's the case, but, you know, arguably, you know, I'm sure that the vast majority of this country would spend their free time protecting our schools if that was a thing. If tomorrow they said, hey, we're looking for volunteers, you know, to come down here and help protect these schools, you know, who's interested in it. I'd take my two days off a week and I'd sit, sit myself right down at my son's elementary school and I'd make sure that nobody would be rolling up in there. Absolutely. I'd take a bullet for those kids in a heartbeat, you know, and I'm sure a lot of this country would, especially if you have kids and it, and it hits home, you know. Um, I'd, I would give up, you know, every single firearm that I've ever owned throughout my entire existence to the school in order to aid in, you know, the cost, cutting the costs. I'd pay for classes for these people you know to make sure that they're competent and in the uh, protecting of our children you know what i'm saying like and, and that's what uh, the headmaster catherine couldn't say i can't say i can't don't, don't quote me on it she did she actually ran towards and tried to stop the the gunman and i'm not gonna do yeah, the pronoun thing because no. i'm confused on it now 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 think of it this way if if we would be at this next step and she would have been one of the armed staff there think maybe that interaction would have went a little differently you know maybe maybe even you know even if it still you know went the same way the opportunity for it to have gone differently was there you know what i'm saying we we, we gave it a, a chance you know to have some level of protection you know i mean there's what what is that i mean i don't have this off the top of my head but what is, what is the, the the unemployment statistics for uh you know veterans you know, guys that come back, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, got blown up by an IDD, got a, a messed up leg or something. But, you know, they're unemployed. They're, they're homeless. They're sitting on the streets and they're looking for work. Uh, the, the vet's not taking care of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what are we doing with those guys? You know, I'm sure that those guys are competent in what they did and they're, you know, eager to do things good for the country. Why are we not paying those guys? Why are we not helping them out, getting them back on their feet and placing them in front of the schools? And, you know, it's a, that's a win-win, you know? I mean, we're, we're doing good for the country at the same time, protecting our children. You know, I mean, if we could put $75 billion into Ukraine and the stuff that's got nothing to do with us, you know, uh, uh, you know, tons of money into gender studies of fish in a foreign nation, then why are we not focusing on our children? You know, I mean, Yeah, is, I know a lot of people brought the, the war in Ukraine uh, saying like I think I wanted eighty billion, thirty billion, ten billion, whatever it may be. Like you could have gave that to you know society. You could have helped out schools. You could have yeah. 
It's crazy. It's, it's still crazy when I talk about it. Again, yeah, I will say this on the side note. It's not always cash. It's like vehicles and tanks. But no, I, I get what you're saying. But I think somebody's definitely going to hit me up and try to debate you on this. So would you be down to uh, a nice civil adult debate? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, down for, for good discussion. Uh, oh, know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not out here to, you know, point fingers and call names and you know, try to create, uh, you know, issues, you know, civil, civil, I'm, I'm open to different views. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that the answer that I have and that I'm, that I'm, that I'm providing is the correct one. You know, I'm yeah, just saying just that that's my take. outlook and I'm, yeah. and I'm okay with, you know, I'm okay with saying that I'm wrong. I'm okay with, you know, somebody coming to me with a better, you know, option. And, you know, if, if I, you know, make sure that I can't find holes in that scenario, I'm perfectly fine with accepting you know that the answer that I've given is incorrect. I'm not. I'm not here saying that I'm the all knowing guru of this, you know, particular subject matter. But I'm just tired of watching it happen. You know, yeah, I'm, and we all are. I'm, I'm at the point where you know this is this is you know two states away in an elementary school, and the kids are right around the same age as my son. You know, and this this shit hits home. You know, and this is this is you know this is a lot and. It drives me nuts that the only take that we get out of this is up oh, ban assault rifles. You know, we're not great. That's great that that's on your agenda, and I'm not. You know, I'm not even trying to argue that. All I'm trying to argue is is what we're doing about the schools. You know, like you're not banning them tomorrow. So what are we doing in the interim? You yeah, know, that's all I want to know. You know, that's that's what matters. If our kids don't matter in this country, then what what really matters? You know what I mean? The future of our country is in these schools and we're allowing them, you know, to be killed and traumatized and, you know, uh, exposed to this type of stuff. And we're not doing anything about it. You know, we sit back and watch, you know, I mean, mark, mark my words, man, you know, give it, give it, you know, two or three months from the day and come back to me and have this conversation and tell me if anything has changed, if we've done anything to change our schools. Oh, probably not. Guarantee it'll be the exact same thing. Yeah. What happens is people get all riled up and then they start standing in front of schools. And then, as we're complacent creatures, we get bored and then we just go pick up a book or eat a donut. And then, God forbid, it happens again. Yep. We just, we we let it go. You know, we we lose sight of uh, the end goal here. And, you know, there's not enough people that are, are, we're so focused on the anti-gun rhetoric that we're not focused on these type of problems. You know, it's all get rid of the guns. It's not prevent these things from happening. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Hey, man, if tomorrow I could snap my fingers, if I could, uh, you know, what's what's his name from Avengers? Uh, Thanos, my man. Thanos, yeah. If, if I could yeah, snap my finger tomorrow and all the guns would disappear off the face of the planet, hey, congratulations. I'd be all about it. You know, I mean, it's it's evening the playing field between everybody, but that's not going to happen. That's that's a, a nah. false reality. Well, when I, I know somebody's oh. going to email me again, email me at enlighten me Julian at Gmail. I almost forgot it at Gmail dot com, and um, yeah, we can we can run this back. I appreciate you joining, man. I appreciate you joining me on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Any any time, any time, absolutely. I'd uh, be more than interested in coming back and being able to discuss it with some uh, you know alternative thoughts. All right. All right, brother. You uh drive safe and uh I'll talk to you later. Well do. Have a good one, buddy. All right. That's a light me. We're signing off.